Shumrabyug. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Zero. It's a bloody podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to the digital version of On Shumrabyug. I, as always, am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And... Seeing as this week we have so much DC news, I am joined by the man who put the man into the phrase DC fan man. It's Benjamin. That's me. One great DC fan am I. Uh, One fan. Ben, we're taking back the term fanboy. We're getting rid of it. You're a fan man. It's a glow up phrase now, ladies and gentlemen. Fan man. Yeah, DC fan man. Get on us. Um, Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm fine, Benjamin. I've, I've had a headache since Tuesday, so I'm going to try not let it dampen my enthusiasm. I've, I've found le- that very few things, Michael, in my experience, and this is both a compliment and an insult, can dampen or wet your spirits. Despite- I'm like a dog, Ben. I don't really understand the world around me. As long no. as I'm getting comic book news, I'm excited. No. Michael was ready to go to Dublin Comic Con right before the pandemic was launched into full yep. quarantine effect. He was like, oh, uh, we're going to Comic Con, we're going to Comic Con, we're going to Comic Con, we're going to Comic Con. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's my doorbell. What a wonderful <laughs> addition. Uh, I'm going to have to answer that because there's nobody else here. So oh, just give me one second. Uh, we'll all right. Mark yeah, no, no, don't, down there. Don't, don't pause it. Don't pause it. It's all right. I'll just fill. Uh, so, yeah, Ben, um, he's going to answer the door. Presumably, it's someone delivering hot comic book news. So when he comes back, he'll have all of the latest sweet information about new releases and whatnot. Here he is. <laughs> that was gold. It was gold. Who was it, Ben? Um, was it someone delivering gold? It was my sister. It was my oh, sister. Classic Ben's sister. One Benjamin's sister, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was it. Sorry, Michael. I'm sure you. I'm sure you lambasted me there to the listeners. I filled had... the gap beautifully, Ben. Benjamin. Speaking of filling a gap beautifully, do you want to stick in some theme music for us there? <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. <laughs> Very good. Um, Benjamin, now all joking aside, uh, there has been a lot of news this week. And we have no, to take on. that very seriously. Think- yeah, I don't think we should start the podcast with the phrase all joking aside. It's <laughs> possibly sets the wrong tone. Yes, that really uh, gets rid of quite a bit of our audience. Yeah, ben, right with some joking included, uh, there's been quite a bit of news this week. Where will we start, Ben? Oh, he's gone. I think we should probably start, Michael, yeah. with, um, with a, a fan man triumph for fan <laughs> men around the world. <laughs> Bloody Michael, yes, if I was to say Schneider Cut, you'd say... Yeah. Schneider. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's not great, is it? Uh, now, Michael, this Schneider Cut is set to be released. Apparently. Well, apparently, by HBO Max, Ben. Yeah. Whoever he is. Yeah, bloody... Uh, it turns out the guy who owns HBO is called Max. Who knew? Yeah, HBO Max. Yeah, he, who knew? he changed his name legally. Benjamin, <laughs> look, I think the first and most important question we have to answer in this situation is, do we care? I don't. Okay, good. I don't terribly either, but I, I will obviously watch it, Ben. Um, I I think, Michael, I still have not seen the non-Schneider version of Justice League. Yes, you um, have. No, I haven't. You have. We've talked about <laughs> it. I've seen clips. I have not oh seen the full movie. Oh, my God. I have never sat down once and watched that full movie. Um, 
Michael, I say I think this sets a, a bloody um, well. Look, the f- the first people that I feel sorry for here, Michael, are, are the fan men. The fan because men, yeah. I, and the I fan women, Ben, and the fan women. Um, yeah. I think they're setting themselves up for a brand new disappointment. I think the Schneider cut worked better in their imaginations. Oh, of course um, it did. And I'm not certain, Michael, that yeah. this is going to be the holy grail they expect it to be. Yeah, basically what it's going to be, Ben, it's going to be the same film, but with more scowling. A lot more scowling and a few more slow-mo shots in there for good measure. They're going to digitally add scowls to Superman. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's They're not, all... Ben, because they've already filmed them scowling. Yeah, so they can just use a little, a, a few a few B cuts of, of Henry Cavill giving an other scowl. I mean, it could really be quite different. He did leave it quite early in the process. Yeah, true. True. Like all that stuff, all that Kevin Feige stuff, like uh, rescuing that Russian family. Uh, oh, you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, it could be. It could be quite different. I, I, uh, it's a weird precedent to set, though, isn't it? I. That's the thing. You're, you're. Yeah. They have just bowed to fan demand in a very. I didn't even realize it was still a thing. Oh yeah, I, it's a big I, thing. I thought that had died a death. Um, well, it kind of had until it got Cavill, Gadot, and Affleck on board. Yeah, and also Jason Momoa, who was like, "Woo!" Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do, a, I'll do ADR. Yeah. So they're, com- they're coming back from ADR for ADR, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they're gonna get for, some. For the listeners, can you explain ADR, please? Additional dialogue recording, Ben. There so let's go. say they don't have a line to explain why Batman's going to the cave. They'll get, they'll get Affleck in and Affleck will say, so let's go to the cave. And then <laughs> instead of showing him speaking, Ben, because they don't have the clip of him saying it, they'll fade away or they'll show someone else reacting to it or something like that. And that's a tidy little paycheck for Ben Affleck in his back pocket. Yeah, um, well, I mean, there's there's all sorts of rumours swirling around. Earlier in the week, there were rumours that HBO Max was going to include a budget for some reshoots. What? Yeah, now it wouldn't be battle scenes or action scenes or anything but you know maybe a, a reshoot or two of Affleck standing in a warehouse saying something what but Ben so much of that movie is reshot it's I think I'm, I'm far from looking forward to it but I do think it's fascinating to see essentially the same footage being used to make what they're claiming will be a very different film and Michael they stand to make a lot of money do they I think they will. I think if they release that, I think they're my my theory is yes they're banking on the Sonic effect, and that's what right, I'm going to go brand on. it as right. Where Sonic kind of gave into fan demand and reanimated Sonic and did all that, yeah. and saw an exponential growth in sales that they probably wouldn't have gotten because had because they not given in. Will. Yes, because they exactly they've harvested goodwill. I'm going to use the word harvested, Michael, because okay. har, har, like the the, word, the one you used is very positive. I yeah, think yeah. this is a very cynical corporate move. They've harvested the fan men's goodwill. Yes, the harvesting of fan men could be our yeah. first ever high concept sci-fi novel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I think they're kind of banking on a little bit of a sonic effect. Um, let's call it a sonic bounce. I think that's kind of nicer. We could call it a Sonic it. Boom, Ben. <laughs> Ding. Um, but that yeah, would make so more I... sense, Ben, because it's a thing. 
it's well, we, we'll we'll do now. We'll do it. so. They're banking on the sonic boom. Yeah, my yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, came yeah, up like, with that yeah. right off the cuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I don't think it's going to pay off. I think I think the fan men of DC are much angrier than the Sonic fan men. Um, <laughs> Sonic fan men are a bit weird, though, aren't they? <laughs> they're even for weird. us. Even <laughs> for us, those Sonic fan men, they freak us out. <laughs> That's such a weird community, man. Um, anyway, it has set a strange precedent because the Save Daredevil hashtag has started trending again. Of course, yeah. Um, because I don't think fan men realize that. Um, <laughs> Marvel and DC are not the same company, nor do they. Ah, they are, Ben. It's one giant corporate conglomerate, really, at the end of the day, isn't it? It's one big Um, entertainment shaped money hoover. Yeah, but you, you know, you're 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 opening a can of worms that you you maybe can't put back in the box. The Earthworm Jim fandom. Yeah. Ah. Ah. The cans. That's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Earthworm Jim. What a show. Anyway. Um. That that hashtag has started trending, and I think it's only a matter of time before we kind of see shoot season eight of Game of Thrones again, or you know. Oh I, yeah, that'd be that'd be I fun, think, wouldn't it? That'd be you see. That's what I mean. You're tread softly. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, there it's, was one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer I didn't like. I'd like to see them redo I'd like that to one. See that, I'd, I'd like to see that put it redone. Yes, um, please. And it's not like casts won't get behind that. Because, because they love money too. Because they love money, you see. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And fame. I think the I think the whole COVID nineteen affair is probably compounding this because studios are looking for new avenues to make cash. Mm. And re releasing your stuff is a pretty cost effective way to make cash. Like it's it's a good way to drum up some biz. I don't know. It's gonna be messy I think I think it sets a a poor poor precedent mm. uh, see, everyone has to stop making precedents up in their residence breathe and stop for real that's Q-tip Ben from the late 90s Thanks. Benjamin speaking of a lack of new content Benjamin go on the, D, the DCs um, the old CW your favourite the DCCW the disco convention new, yeah, yeah they've done a new show Ben bloody 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 new show, Michael. Yeah, uh, Buffy, Buffy the Miles Morales, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to, to watch it, Michael. It's a bit no, confusing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's starring the world's first uh, transgender superhero. Uh, no, what are you Miles talking Morales. about? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't know where so, you were going with that. Um, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I've kind of jumped the order a bit there. Sorry, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why ben, 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 Ben. Anyway, look, they've done a pilot and it's been released for Stargirl. Star girl, she's yeah. a. Can I can I can I use an expletive? Yeah, she's a motherfucking star girl. Star girl. That's a Very fun good. pop music reference. That's about three years out of date. Oh, good. Well, mine was twenty years out of date, so I think oh, that's good. fair. Benjamin, why don't you very briefly tell us who even is Star Girl? It's bloody bloody Star Girl is Courtney, and I can never remember her name. Courtney Court. Courtney Court, we're going to call her that. A young high school lady who inherits the yeah. staff of Starman. Yeah. Not to be confused with Starboy, because we're having glow-up terms today. Starman. Yeah. Um, so she inherits this kind of magical rod um, yeah. that she can <laughs> ride around on. Um, <laughs> Very suggestive, Ben. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't write it. Um, so anyway, it's got a whole bunch of power yeah. within. Yeah, she can fly. 
She can fly. She can shoot a, a bloody hard light projection. A she beam, can, yeah. She can have a beam, a ray, um, yeah. something like that. And um, unfortunately, Michael, she's very, very young. Mm. Stargirl's only around 16 years old. So um, much power. So much power for a young lady. It would but you be know what they irresponsible. Say, ben, with great... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for on. a father, say, yeah. to let her out unsupervised. And oh, Michael, yeah. say what you will about the absentee fathers of DC world. Be they yeah. gunned down in alleys or blown up on distant planets. But some mm-hmm. of the, the ones that are still around, whew, do they take their duty seriously? So her father builds a bloody suit. Mm-hmm. It's big old Tony Stark, Mark One, Iron Man armor kind of di- deal. Yeah. And uh, he goes out and fights crime with her. Give her a hand. Yeah, as stripes. As stripes. Um, yeah. And together they form the incredibly Donald Trump favorable uh, Stars and Stripes. <laughs> stars and Stripes. Benjamin, so they have a TV show of that very thing now. Yes, they've and gone and the made first one. Th- yeah, and the first, they got made. But the first thing about it is they've really done some some quite serious casting for oh, yeah? the CW. No way. They've got but, bloody Luke Wilson. What? Yeah, Luke Wilson plays the robot dad. Wow. No, not Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson. It's no, not Luke Owen Wilson. Wil- There's no way Luke it's Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson Luke is Wilson. A-lister. Yeah. Luke Wilson is B-lister. Come on, yeah. get out of town. And, and Starman, then, the original uh, owner of the shtick, He's played by Joel McHale. Joel McHale? <laughs> Looks like Joel McHale in a, in a bloody well oh. Captain America cosplay. Excellent. And he'd be a fine Captain America if he had a wig. He, As he's got a bit out. of a receding hairline. It's very strange. But Ben, the, uh, the, uh, the, what am I saying? The <laughs> opening scene, Ben, the opening scene is bloody spectacular. Is it really Some good? of the best. Oh yeah! I mean, there must have been as much budget put into this opening scene as some of the entire other DC shows. Yeah, the El Supergirl. The entire season of the entire yeah. last season of Supergirl. Yeah, it's a battle scene where the Justice House. What's it called, Ben? Justice, the Justice Society. House. Yeah, the Justice Society's house is attacked by the bad at Justice Society. It's Justice. Or the, is it the Justice Hall? The, the Hall of Justice. Justice. The Hall of... Well, it's just a house. It's someone's house. It's Starman's house, I think. Justice Gaff. Justice Gaff. And it's attacked by the bad people. And among oh. the bad people is, uh, like, a comics-accurate Solomon Grundy. No. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, there's a whole big fight scene, and there's special effects and graphics, and... Oh, it's it's quite spectacular. That's great. Yeah, it's really good. All for that. Yeah, the show itself is fine, but the the opening scene, Mamma Mia, yeah. Tono Italiano Chef's di Milano, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss, that sounds Number good, nine. Michael. But bloody, yeah, give it, go on, roll your eyes over it. I w- I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to for some for some TV superhero action. That's mad. Sticking yeah. sticking with DC news, and yeah, more yeah. importantly, lady led DC news. Yeah, more yeah, importantly, yeah, yeah. lady led DC CW news. Yeah, uh, there's been a bit of a shake up, Michael, in the old uh, Batwoman universe. I'm bloody tell you, Ben. I'm bl- I bloody fucking tell you. Um, yeah, it's it's mental. Um, it, it turns out that uh, Ruby Rose will be stepping down as Batwoman at the end of the season. Well, she has stepped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already. Ben, she's the main character. Yes, and rather controversially, Michael, she's to be recast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. The really Not- strange thing here, Michael, is that it didn't do uh, terrible. The TV that- show. The show has been well received. Ah, medium received. Medium received. That's it's all CW needs. 
That's all CW's ever needed. It is a bizarre turn of events, though, that the the rumour mill, Ben, is that she wasn't fired and it was a mutual decision. She just hated it, apparently. Oh. So that's it. I find that Ruby Rose seems to have a very high opinion of um, where she's going to get her next acting job from. Yeah, it's very interesting because she's not really much of an actress, Ben, let's be honest. Yeah, I don't know if she can afford to be choosy Mm, mm. in her roles. Maybe acting isn't for her, Ben. Maybe acting on a, as a lead on a TV series isn't for her. But they're going to recast it, Ben. And that led me to think, has they have has such a thing ever happened before? Oh, I think almost definitely, hasn't it? Well, the the case that jumps to mind is Spartacus. Now, you see, I, I'm, I'm, I have never been embroiled in the Spartacus uh, fracas like well, you have. Spartacus, but Ben, Andy Whitfield was the original Spartacus. Classic Andy and Whitfield. Classic Andy Whitfield. And he left because he had uh, leukemia, I think. And unfortunately, oh, he died. Oh, Jesus. Then. Yeah. And he Michael. had to be recast. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a pretty, it's a much grimmer story than Ruby Rose doesn't like <laughs> the schedule. But that was a pretty successful recasting. And Yeah, but that casting had zero choice involved, Michael. Yeah, you yeah, there was very recast. little choice involved in that. But um, it was a pretty successful recasting. And they cast a guy who they didn't go for identical. They didn't just go for, we need someone who looks exactly like Andy Whitfield. Which is a good choice. Yeah, so the second Spartacus did look a little different. Uh, but, you know, it worked. It was fine. It, it survived. Good. Um, I don't know if Batgirl will be able to... Although, apparently... Ben, it's Batwoman. Batgirl, it's Batwoman. Oh, Batwoman, yeah. Batgirl is the one in purple. You're getting this in trouble. Jesus. No, no, there's a Batgirl. There's a bat girl and a bat lady yeah, wears, and a bat woman. She wears purple, yeah. And a bat, bat cousin and a bat uncle and, you know, yeah, the bat other bats. Dog. Yeah. Bat dog. But apparently, Ben, they're to recast her. Um, and this is another um, one of those moments where the the discussion of it is going to cause more controversy than the thing itself. They're they're recasting as a member of the LGBTQ community. They're requesting someone? No, they're they're that's how they're going to recast. The, the, the new bat woman must be a lesbian. As in the actress? Yes. That's strange, isn't it? Well, look, Ben, it is what it is. Are you allowed to do that? Is that okay? Yeah, well, I mean, there's an argument you made that that might be discrimination, but... Uh, <laughs> Far be it from a, us to weigh in on that one, Michael. It's a bloody hornet's nest, Ben. It's a yeah. hornet's nest of oh, politics. I, I, yeah, okay. Well, that's... Mm. Look, do what you want. I'm not watching it anyway. Uh, so Michael, Michael tell mind. me, tell me, just, just out of morbid curiosity, who would you recast as a, a tough, uh, take-no-nonsense take no lady to be a, a Batwoman? I don't know because A I didn't watch a lot of it so I don't know what way they really took the character okay fair enough and B uh, I don't like Ruby Rose is a bit of a blank slate she yeah. can kind of do sarcastic she can be very easily replaced yeah so she can be it really depends on what they what way they want to go with it I wouldn't to be honest I wouldn't if I had any influence on this decision say the uh, the best way to go is with another name I'd say get an unknown. Get an unknown, just slot yeah. it in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I hear Amber Heard's looking for work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. anyway. But Amber Heard is also a bisexualist. And if you remember, it was oh. Ruby Rose being a bisexualist. There's my dog. Hang on. That's, I'm no, just going to mute mine. People, you spin your wheels. No, people love the dog. People love the dog. It's one of the most popular segments on the podcast. Um <laughs> Amber Rose or Ru- Ruby Rose Amber Rose is that someone else? 
Ruby Rose <laughs> being a bisexualist uh, was part of the backlash against Batwoman because they were, Batwoman's a lesbian, not a bisexualist. Yes, but I I wasn't aware that you had to. It's it's acting, you, Michael. It's pretending. Oh, oh, look, this is there's no place for <laughs> politics here, Ben. I don't know if that's politics, Michael. There's, it is, Ben. It's gen, It's social, political, gender politics. That's oh, look, your, I'm going to stay. There's no place for your opinion in this, Ben. Okay, we'll get out. a bloody. They let them cast whatever they want. It's, not, it's none of our business. None of our beeswax. Yeah, none of our business. But I mean, if I watch the show, I think I'd I'd feel more strongly about it either way. But otherwise, now it's just a bit of interesting trivia. Yeah, well, it's just you know, as things go. Speaking of speaking of people going against character, uh, yeah, Robert well, Pattinson, <laughs> I find this quite entertaining. Oh, this is brilliant! Yeah, this is Robert, <laughs> Robert Pattinson has refused to work out for the role of Batman. Yeah, he's just smoking <laughs> fags and having burgers and stuff. It's Which hilarious. Is my favorite thing ever because he didn't want to set a precedent. Yeah, good, <laughs> good lad. And Zoe Kravitz apparently working out like five times a day. And Robert Pattinson's like, no, I'm English. I'm not going to work out to play Batman. I'm bloody English. I'm Robert Pattinson. Nobody wants Batman for his body. Um, That's strictly true, Rob. In fairness, Ben, when did when did Batman become ripped on screen? I think it was Christian Bale. It was Christian Bale, yeah, definitely. Because Michael Keaton definitely wasn't ripped. George Clooney definitely wasn't ripped. That George Clooney wasn't ripped. Val Kilmer is more potato than man. At this point, yes. Yeah. He was in better shape back then, obviously, but none of them were in what we now consider Batman shape. Yeah, no, but Christian Bale was Batman shape. Christian Bale was. Affleck wasn't, though, was he? No. Uh, He he looked like he could at least lift a bit of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a bit of shape to him, but he wasn't... uh, I wouldn't say he he was shredded, no. He wasn't Chris Hemsworth. No, nobody's Chris Hemsworth. Or uh, Captain America. Maybe they can just get Chris Hemsworth in to do the body plates and then yeah, CGI yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson's head on. I think Chris Hemsworth's too big to be Batman. Batman's supposed to be a 6'2", isn't he? I don't know. I've, I don't I've never know. I've never given much thought. His height is so variable, Michael. Yeah, yeah. You know, it really depends on the story. They want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes they like yeah. to make him taller than Superman. If you have a real Batman fanboy in your hands, he'll make him a little bit taller than Superman just to show, yeah, he's an alien from another world. But Batman's tall. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Affleck taller than Cavill in, in yeah, he the was, scene yeah. where they met? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true, yeah. He was, I don't yeah. think he is, though, really, is he? No, but I think they might have given him a little box. A little box. Stand, no, stand on this box, Affleck. It's the <laughs> Bat Box. It's the Bat Box. <laughs> the sad thing about that, Michael, is in the Batman universe, that's not out of naming convention. That's pretty solid uh, research yeah, yeah. there. Get up there on the Bat Box. The Bat Box. Anyway, Michael, that moves us on swimmingly. Do I don't know? Yes. I don't. I don't have anything else written down here. Did you have something else? Okay. No, we're moving on to the topic of the week. I think then. Oh, bloody topic of the week. Uh, I don't know where this one came for me, Michael. I, I was kind of sitting there, and it struck me like a bolt of lightning from the blue. Oh, um, like Shazam. But uh, Michael, this week we'll be taking a look at a, a rather interesting uh, topic. We're going to be looking at. Well, that's your of, opinion, Ben. It is my opinion, very much so. Um, we're going to be looking at the kind of matches made in heaven and the matches made in hell of writer character combos. I see. Um, basically, who wrote your favorite characters real solid, like, and yeah. who did them? Who did them wrong? Who did them dirty? Did him dirty? Who did them yeah. dirty? Um, I suppose this was probably born out of a conversation that we had after um, Endgame, Marvel's or Endgame, in, or Infinity War. I can't remember which one. It was one Infinity of the, War, Ben. 
one of the one of the two denouements um, yeah. of the the Marvel universe. Um, and we came out of it, and we enjoyed it. We yeah, weren't we together. Did. We weren't together, yeah. Michael. I was were in Italy. Not? No, I was in Italy. And I you still were remember in... you being there, though, Ben. Yes, that's because I'm always with you, Michael, in some form oh, or another. Yes, because you have and emotionally hallucinatory um, delusions, and oh, that's yeah. okay. Um, yeah. But I remember distinctly coming out of it, going, "Hey, that was that was great. That was great." But what happened to Star Lord? Yeah. And we were sitting there and going, oh, he became whoa. a bit of a Jessup, didn't he? Just a bit of a tool. Yes, that's an all-round donkey. Yeah, uh, if you will, mule. And and one of the things that rather irritated me about that, I think the core of the character from the Guardian of the Galaxy films is, yes, he's a bit of a, a donkey, but yeah. he's a very effective donkey when he wants to be. Um, yeah. He had a touch of the Jack Sparrows about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, Not quite as extreme as Jack Sparrow, but no. But being a sure. fool served a purpose for him. Yeah, um, and that's the way it worked. And then the Russos got their old mitts on him, and and the Russos just seemed to go, "Well, we need someone to fuck up the whole Thanos Phase One plan." Yeah, let's bloody make it Star Lord. Funnily enough, Ben. So in in part one, for the people who have short term memory loss, like Adam Sandler in the film Fifty First Dates. Um, is it not Adam Sandler? No, it's True Barrymore. I've never seen it. It's a great oh, film. Maybe great film. <laughs> hey. Right, yeah. <laughs> See, I've done a bit. I've rescued my mistake back as a bit. Ben, <laughs> but I actually didn't... As a star, Ben, you know, so I like Star-Lord, especially in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. He's bloody excellent. One of my favourite characters, Ben. One of my first ever, I would say, actual cosplays. Yes, you nailed it. It was... I mean, it was a Halloween costume, Ben, but it was my introduction to the idea of trying to dress up as characters for realsies. And you did a wonderful uh, job, Michael. Oh, thank you, Benjamin. It was quite enjoyable. I spent way too long on that stupid-ass helmet. But look, I'm a a big Star Lord fan, Ben. I would say that there's a... The original Guardians of the Galaxy is still in my top three Marvel films, probably. Fair. Yeah, Yeah, I watched it there the other day with my father. Enjoyed it immensely. What an excellent film. We, We are Groot. We are Groot. Exactly, Ben. Uh, mm. So, you know, great, great film. Love Star-Lord. Great character. Very funny, but also un- un- undeservedly confident, but also competent. Yes, competently overconfident. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, you know, he, he's useful in a fight. He can hold his own against the likes of everyone else on the team. Yeah. You know, he's he does all right. By, by Guardians of the Galaxy 2... He's starting to become the butt of the joke more and more. For some reason. Well, the fact, I think, that um, Chris Pratt got put on a bit of weight didn't help. Yeah, maybe they had to rewrite it a touch. Yeah, it makes him look more comical. So yeah. there are a couple of lines. Oh, no, hold on. That's Infinity War, isn't it? That's Infinity it? War. No, no, he puts Infinity on the weight. Yeah. He put on the weight in Infinity War. And he that's on the when he starts Infinity becoming War. the butt of the joke. So I actually had no problem with the scene where he loses his uh, temper and ruins the plan because the love of his life has been killed. Fair. Fine, fine. I think that's fine. But stuff like the you're, you're one sandwich away from being fat. Is, it's a bit of a dig at the character. But Ben, I thought the biggest injustice that they did to Star-Lord in those two films was when they do the time travel in 
in Endgame. Oh, yeah! And when they're doing the time travel, uh, it goes back to Star-Lord's iconic scene, which is him dancing through the planet Morag. Yeah, come and get your love now. Come and get your love. And then he gets the orb and he escapes from the... He escapes from the bloody the planet. people pursuing him using his ingenuity, a bit of luck, and a some bit of panache. Technology. A yeah, real panache. Exactly. And then yeah. War Machine sees him, says, So he's an idiot, and knocks him out with one punch. Yeah, they did him dirty. They did him dirty. And that scene was a much bigger doing him dirty than an in character reaction to. Um, yeah. Like, imagine if. Imagine if they did a time travel scene and they went back to Iron Man in the cave and he was building the Iron Man suit and then a character from the future said, that's barely bulletproof and shot him through the chest. Oh, you'd never get away with that with Tony Stark. But um, And then said like, look at this dumb suit. Boom, dead. Dunzo. That scene... Not the bit where I have no no issue whatsoever with the scene where he loses his rag with Thanos and starts smacking him in the head. I actually think that's great and in character. And, yeah. you know, Doctor Strange knew it was going to happen and it had to happen. Um, So all that jazz, good, fine. But that scene where he's doing his iconic dance that introduced us to the character and made him a beloved character and War Machine, who is a supporting character... Yeah, and not, not deserving of that kind of. Yeah, he's not. Now, there's a man, man with unearned confidence, <laughs> um, and he goes, "So he's an idiot," and then clocks him one punch. That's it. That's all it took. Yeah, very bad. Very mean. He doesn't wake. He doesn't wake up and try and get like the Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy would would have woken up from that. He was wearing a helmet. Yeah, wasn't he? No, he I think woken, he has the helmet off has, at that. Maybe point. he has the helmet off. But he would have woken up from that and. By hook or by crook, gotten that orb back from Nebula and War Machine. Which quite possibly would have made a more interesting scene. A much more interesting scene. Especially with then, Nebula. You could add more Yeah. Although New he Nebula know versus Nebula old Nebula. He doesn't no, know but Nebula he, by that he point. He would have some awareness of... Isn't everybody aware of Gamora and Nebula in some form? As the daughters well, of Thanos? he doesn't know Gamora when he meets her because she manages to trick him and kick him in the nuts. And no, steal that's the true. Thing. That's true. But remember that, where she kind of flirts with him kicks him in the nuts steals the orb and legs it and he refuses to give up and he refuses to give up and he catches her a couple of times and she gets the upper hand and he gets the upper hand and then Rocket and Groot get involved and and then it's all done by a deus ex yeah. bloody machina it's all no but then it's all done by War Machine going so he's an idiot and punching him once yeah, that's how they did him dirty Ben I think it's that's how they fair. did him dirty not yeah. the scene with Thanos so basically Yes. Oh, they did him dirty. Hopefully, no, yeah. I don't know. Can he be redeemed? Guardians of the Galaxy three, a bit of redemption there. Well, it depends how much they bring Thor in. Is he going to be a big part? Do you think he probably is? Is he? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Although now with Thor four happening, I, I don't know. I don't know. Love, man. love and thunder. Mm. Mm. I'm loving that thunder. Man. I'm loving that thunder, bro. Um, anyway, I'm finished talking about Star Lord now. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a good point though. Good point. That brings us out to maybe a better pairing. Uh, Michael, you 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 kind of brought us nicely into that. Even subconsciously, oh, you. you're giving us buttery smooth segues. Even uh, subconsciously. Now, Michael, if I were to tell you that Kenneth Branagh yeah. was going to direct a superhero movie, what would you say? I would say, verily, doth does not sound like a great idea. Yeah, you'd be right, Michael, because you'll remember that the first Thor movie was a bloody disaster. 
disagree. I okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll find in general not uh, didn't launch the character in the way they had hoped. Let's put it that way. No, disagree. Okay, do you want to disagree? I, the first Thor was very successful. Maybe not one of the all-time classics, but I mean, I can't. I honestly can't think of a better way to introduce the whole idea of that character to the world. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, you can have your opinion, Ben. That I, don't, mean you're I, don't, I don't want my opinion anymore. It's, it's done. No, no, no. Say, it's, give uh, your opinion. No, give, the, do the, the crux of all great podcasting is simply to agree with your co-host on everything. <laughs> uh, no, it, in general, Michael, I think yeah, it's a little bit grandiose, a little bit play-acty, and a li- yeah. it rings a touch hollow on occasion. If I had one great criticism of Thor number one, formulaic would be the term I would throw around the most. Uh, yeah, like the, the supporting characters, Darcy... Um, you know the doctor stuff like this. Um, strange little additions here and there. <laughs> it's a little bit formulaic. But then Michael, they go and bloody bloody burn the turkey when they move all that over to London for a quick Thor two sequel. Oh yeah, um, no good. And that one, along with its big CGI monster madness red misty thing, mm-hmm. is no good, Michael. It's pretty no, boring. It's, it's very dull. The the biggest criticism you can level against that film is it's you could you could just ignore it and it's fine. Yes, and it could be utterly forgettable. Yeah. Um and Michael that doesn't usually bode well for a, a threequel because really if you haven't built up enough investment in the character or anything like that or if it doesn't have any lasting cultural footprint so to speak. Um you, you can't really bank on people coming in. So, so what do you do, Michael, with the title that you're uh, not really sure what to do with? You give it to a bloody independent director who's never done a superhero movie to save their lives. But some sort of auteur. Some kind of auteur with a some real sort of style and an excellent sense auteur. of humor. And you go and you find him somewhere that maybe, maybe is very close to where the original star's home is. Maybe they might be neighbors in a kind of geographic sense. I see uh, what you're saying, neighbors. Hey. Or, home, or they might be home, home and away. No, home and away uh, yeah anyway um, anyway they go and find Taika Waititi and they just say do you know what do do what you like can't, can't be much worse than what we just did uh, have at and Michael for a man nice. from New Zealand he sure knows how to hit him a, a home run ooh ooh he knocked that one that. out the park because uh, I don't get the joke baseball's not very popular in New Zealand Oh, is that it? That was the joke. Okay, I did get it. I yeah. did get it. Just it was just a bad funny. joke. Just a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, boy, did he! Boy, did he hit it out of the park, Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thor Ragnarok um, is the... easily in my top three favorite Marvel movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the humor is there all of a sudden. Something that had been sorely missing in number two, um, and it's just hilarious. The, and he does something that I think a lot of Marvel movies hadn't really risked. Before that, well, I think Guardians of the Galaxy probably set the way. And then they realized, oh, we can be very colorful in the cosmic version of this world. Um, and let's lean into the whole Thor's an alien thing and yeah. uh, mess around with that a little bit. And that's exactly and, what they did, Michael. And not be afraid to change the status quo. Yeah, let's just throw everything that we already built on kind of out the window. Yeah, Asgard, bit. gone. Hammer, gone. Odin, gone. Oh, let's nuke it all. Get rid of it all. He went for the nuclear option and it was bloody great, Michael. 
Big rock was, men in. Big rock men totally in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Groot kind of paved the way for that. You can have huge outlandish comedic relief. CG characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fine. So, I mean, there's there's a pair that just really work well. Thor and Taika Waititi. Boom. What a match made in heaven. But no, Michael... you've gone. Right, go on. I think, really, another one that kind of I sank my teeth in, and one that caused a lot of furore... Uh, yeah. in the community at the time was oh. Man of Steel the old ending scenes of Man oh. of Steel between uh, Zod and old Clarky Kent mm-hmm. um, yeah so for anyone who hasn't seen that film first of all don't um, you, can just, you can just leave it it's grand oh. don't worry about it I don't know he might be coming back in the Snyder Cut Ben so you need it, to know about his backstory uh, no <laughs> anyway if you have seen it You'll know there's a rather infamous scene at this point at the end where rather than take the risk of having Zod destroy the city even more, uh, Superman opts to take his life um, mm. in, a, in a rather graphic uh, manner, Michael. Um, he, just, he breaks his neck. He does a TV, a Hollywood neck, neck break. Shwip! And snappity-doo. And it's mm-hmm. done. Um, that movie has many, 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 many flaws. But this seems to be the one that really stuck it to the fanboys. Fan men. Sorry, fan men. Fan men. Um, that seems to be the one that really stuck it to the fan men. They got really irked yeah. by this writing of it. And David S. Goyer is the guy that wrote it. And he just... People were just outraged. He's known people as the big... like it, Ben. He's known as the big blue boy scout. And obviously mm-hmm. DC David was going, S. Goyer. Yes, he's known as the big blue boy scout. Um, and DC was obviously going for their darker, grittier universe. Uh, vibe but you can't really do that with Superman um, he he means quite a bit to many many people um, people didn't like it Ben no they were outraged that he did this even though he's done that before he kind of kills Zod in the original Christopher Reeve sequel as well no, he says it's a negative zone <laughs> but yeah so we didn't have any of that they weren't introducing <laughs> any of that I thought initially when Russell Crowe was given it all that and I'm doing the the mouth, the jibber jabber, yeah, the jibber jabber mouth, the, the jibber jabber hand. Yeah, I thought he was going to point Clark in the direction of the Phantom Zone projector. It's technology yeah. we used for our worst criminal son. Pointed yeah, at he him, didn't, and he didn't. Um, so Superman is just left there, kind of having to go snippity snappity. Let's get out of here. Um, yeah, let's get rid of this guy. He's a bit of a prick. And he also destroys the entire city. He doesn't move it outside of, um, doesn't move it outside of a big old city. He's a young and naive Superman, Ben. He's a young and naive Superman, but oh, oh. People didn't like it. People didn't like it. it. The only time I saw that kind of, like, really aggressive reaction was when Cap said Hail Hydra at the end of that now infamous run on Marvel. On comic books. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was but one I don't, for me. There's something about, there's something about um, films, the film version of Heroes, that people seem to take much more... Yeah. Like it's set in stone... Like when when Cap joined Hydra or was always Hydra, people went, yeah. Well, people in the know went, yeah, that'll last a few years and then everything will be back to normal. It'll be grand. But people, Ben, who are into into comic book films, but possibly not as much as us, people I know, Ben, they know me and they know I watch these films. Do they? And they were awash with, what did you think of Man of Steel? That wasn't my Superman. It's not my Superman. Hashtag, hashtag not my Superman. I think it. I think it predates hashtag not my president. 
probably <laughs> more than likely I don't, yes. I, don't, I don't know I can't remember but uh, yeah like there was a real visceral reaction to that people were like That's, this isn't Superman no, get people, rid of it people were not best pleased Michael mm, good example Ben uh, so that was the one that really got the ball rolling on that one you had a few more there um, did I? Michael and when people well let's do a few of the listeners before we okay. before we do that um, ladies and gentlemen you, you seem to be very um, you seem to be very into kind of venting about this mishandling <laughs> of your favourite characters that's, so let's, that's what this episode is about Ben look we're all in quarantine people their nerves are getting frayed People want a chance to give out about stuff. So, Agent Delta, who is a wonderful cosplayer here in Dublin, um, Agent Delta, he's from he's from Belfast, Ben. Um, sorry, a wonderful cosplayer who occasionally comes down here to do cosplay. Um, oh. Gave us one. Everything Fox has ever done with the Marvel characters they've made movies out of X Men, Fantastic Four, and to a lesser extent Daredevil. He just feels that they oh they they did him dirty. They did them all dirty. I mean, latex PVC Daredevil was my cup of tea, but you know that was, that was leather, Ben. That was a leather suit. No, nah, it was latex. And trust PVC. me, it, it wasn't. As a man who knows his uh, his materials, you are. It was. It, yeah, and I am Ben. It was. Uh, it was leather. I think. But I actually quite like that film. Funnily enough, there. I uh, see. You just like the Farrell. You just like watching Colin Farrell. I do like of. watching Colin Farrell gone. <laughs> I want a laden suit. Uh, I never miss uh, the devil made the devil made me miss uh, that's why it's uh, my Colin Farrell bullseye impression Classic. I also like the sexy sexy fight scene in the park oh yeah I forgot about the sexy yeah. fight scene in the park but I somewhat agree with good old Agent Delta but you know there is on the other hand there are some good moments Logan is pretty good yes Logan Logan that was on, right sorry. at the end of their entire run. Deadpool is pretty true to the character. Yeah, yeah, sometimes uh, to its detriment. Yeah, I, I thought they, they, they've they never done Nightcrawler dirty. Uh, Nightcrawler has generally been pretty good in those movies. He was quite solid, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 he okay, was. And so. I, think, uh, I think the only reason he didn't come back for X-Men 3 was because Alan Cummings didn't like the makeup. That's fair. Yeah. So, it is like I mean, majorly, it is a bit of a shit show. Yeah, but, it's a bit of a mess. I think Fantastic yeah. Four might be the 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 real peak of that shit show, where they but did it twice about, and fucked it yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. But one of the best things about Fantastic Four is how it really focuses on Sue Storm having to get naked in various situations. No, that's that's again, that's just something that appeals to you, Michael. Not necessarily the, to the general fan base and the other fan men. And the other fan men. Oh, I should taking, point out then that it's just taken on a very that, sinister tone. Our new term has just taken on a very sinister tone. I should point out then that it didn't appeal to me. I found it quite exploitative, even as a younger man watching it, going, "Why does Why Jesse Alba have he... to get naked in every film?" Yeah, it's it was in our contract. I'm fairly sure, but look, I think it was. It um, Irish fascinista seven 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 triple seven pointed out to us that another, Steve, another excellent cosplayer there, Ben. Another excellent cosplayer that we've met at a few conventions mentioned mm-hmm. that Steve Cloves or Sleeve Clovis, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, butchered Ron in Harry Potter. Um, and oh, I, yeah. I did a bit the of research Ron about controversy. this. I did a bit of research about this, Michael. Yeah. And having read all the books, I'm surprised it didn't jump out at me sooner. But yeah, she's absolutely right. In the film verse, Ron has most of his major character moments from the books taken away from him and evenly distributed between Hermione or Harry. Yeah, um, 
and yeah it, it just becomes this bizarre undermining of a character that's quite beloved in the books yeah um, but in the films he's a dumbass and he gets a bit of a star lord treatment um yeah he does doesn't he where he's just a bit of a dope um and i i, I think you know that was both to the detriment of the character and probably to rupert grint as well who of the three of them faded into more of a nothingness yeah, but I mean, that was he was cast that way, wasn't he? He was supposed to be the kind of funny looking ginger friend. Yeah, but it's a shame. It's a shame. I think it's an interesting one. So I did a bit more research on that. And that, that has really grinded a few people's gears. There are whole communities kind of dedicated to how they would rewrite the Harry Potter movies and do Ron right. Do Ron, Ron, Ron. Do Ron, I do Ron, right. Ron. Nice. I like that. Benjamin, now fill me in. Imagine you're Craig David from the early 2000s and fill me in on... What exactly? Because I, I don't really, I'm no great Harry Potter fan of my Ben, as you yeah. know. What kind of things does do Hermione or Harry steal from Ron? Uh, so in the in the first example, uh, in the first movie ever, it's I don't have these on hand. God damn you, Michael. Yeah, just just guess. Um, um, so I'm not. Ex- I know this is off the cuff, Ben. So I'm not expecting this to be accurate. I think a little bit just of the in chess, general. A little bit of the chess scene is nicked away in the first movie. Um, much of the much of the sleuthing in the third book and film a lot of those conclusions are drawn by Ron and really? he kind of puts a lot of those pieces together not um, Hermione no um, he does quite a bit of work towards the end of the fourth book in helping Harry out not when he gets sent off to bloody Voldemort land um, but in that and then he's quite a competent um, wizard that's one of the big things he's quite a competent duelist and um, spellcaster. He's quite comfortable in defending himself against multiple Death Eaters and stuff. And that's never really translated, Michael. He just never gets his big moment on screen. I'm going to have to look up some of these now. because He just kind of bumbles around the place going, ooh, ooh, Harry, Hermione, ooh. And then you're like, why does Hermione love this guy? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, isn't it? Like, that's... Mm. You do have to step back in the movie and go, really? Yeah. Really? She... She loves his bumblingness, his his Kim competence. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on from there. Um, we had a good friend of the podcast, Dr. Cadwell, whose episode you can check out in our Spotify. He gave us a wonderful introduction to the world of D&D. Um, that was good. Was that was an my, excellent one of, one, of, one, of our, one of our better episodes. Um, and he came one that has featured in the podcast a few times. Uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic, oh, Holistic Detective, Detective Agency. Agency. Um, first season, very very yes. good. Second yes. season, holy fuck! Really? Oh my goodness! I haven't seen it. All my days, I have Michael, and I never talked about it on the pod because Michael, you like to keep a positive atmosphere in the tiny room. Um, but yep. now I've been given license to do it, and Jesus, effing you've been given license Michael. by yourself now, Ben. In fairness, yeah, but I've given myself a topic that lets me be toxic <laughs> and horrible and fanboy. All right, go on. Um, All right, go on. Fanboy, but anyway, yeah. so. Uh, one of the one of the very strange things they do is they seem to undermine all this great character growth they put in the first one, and they oh, kind no. of reset their characters to who they were before they interacted. Now they they're you know they have their growth and da 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 da, but like Dirk Gently becomes a strange. In the first season, he's a very quirky, charismatic, um, kind of fly by the seat of your pants, but endearingly positive and optimistic kind of guy. And in yeah, the second yeah, yeah. season, he becomes this very unsure, shaky, kind of broken character. And it's oh, just no. really weird. Um, 
they push the metaphysical elements of the show. If you don't know what this is, um, Dirk gently is a holistic detective and he's guided by the universe to solve cases. Um, he's in tune with the universe. And it's supposed to be kind of a comedy. Um, and the second season just takes all these strands of plot lines and starts roping them together. The effects budget got a serious slashing by the looks of things. No, um, no. And it's funny because the second season is very special effects heavy. It's set in a fantasy world inside a book. Um, oh, no. And yeah. Oh, oh, done dirty. And it's a shame because season one was great and I really look forward to season two. And I never paid past um, episode three of season two. Oh, no, no. It's just, it lost me. It lost me. Um, to, to keep on our kind of literary bent, because Dirk Gently was a, a novel before it was anything else. Um, good friend of the podcast, Shane, uh, and my nemesis, got in touch with us and said... Uh, any of the Dune sequels written by Herbert's talentless son. Um, oh, yeah, that which hack. Is the, which is the most shameless. That's exactly what we replied, Michael. What a hack. Um, yeah. And he pointed that out and said that, yeah, oh, just messy. Now, Michael, you would know that better than I. So how about you take a whirl at that one? I haven't read most of the the ones written by Christopher Tolkien. Um, <laughs> little joke there. Did you get it? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read most of them to be honest. I, I started them and went, What's this now? I don't care. But I don't know if that's the fault of the writer, although apparently, according to Shane, it is. Um, <laughs> it's that by the time you get six or seven books or however many it is deep into a series like Dune, which is such so high concept, you're like, What is this anymore? Where's the Desert doing? Planet Arrakis? Where are the Fremen? What's going on? I don't like this. It's too confusing and new. Get get away from me. Bring me back my deserts, boy. Bring me where where's the Muad'Dib? That's what I want. Yeah, spice. Woo! Yeah, um, spice must flow, Ben. And then to bring us full circle, Michael, and give you a little bit to talk about before we end the podcast today. All right. Long-time contributor to the podcast, Nine Wassies, got in touch with us and oh, yeah. said, Mark Miller or Grant Morrison on any 2000 AD property they did not create. So, yeah. Michael, I'm bloody clueless in the world of 2008. AD, so I said... <laughs> you still can't say it, though. What, Even what is after it? all these years, you're this? still saying 2008. Am I? Well, yeah, still. It's I'm hilarious. I'm going to embrace it now, Michael. It's, something I it's can't one of your kick. catchphrases. Between 2008 and, and fan men, you're really building a repertoire of catchphrases that we can use. <laughs> bloody merch. Um, yeah. So anyway, I asked Nine Wassies... Um, with I can't say it now I'm all self-conscious yeah, go on yeah um, I asked him to give me some recommendations and he said Garth Ennis did Dread well and some Stronium Dog uh, Miller and Morrison Dread Run was crap Pat Mills has never let anyone else near Slon Slain sorry Slain and Nemesis Slon yeah uh, Slon goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> uh, The Warlock and his uh, The Warlock and oh I missed that, that there's a slight typo there has managed to keep the quality of those character stories however uh, as it is a weekly magazine the quality of the anthology title is always going to be hit and miss but the artwork generally mm-hmm. raised the game mm-hmm. of a substandard story so he thinks in general anytime you let Miller or Morrison near something that's not theirs they bloody wreck it I kind of agree, Ben. With uh, my big bugbear with Mark Mark Millar, is that he ruined a couple of things that I liked. Go on. Uh, the the most the, and it's funny because I like his original stuff. Uh, I think he suffers from a similar syndrome to Robert Kirkman. 
Kirkman! I also really enjoy Kirkman's original stuff, but oh my god, did he do the ultimate X-Men dirty. Oh, yeah. No good. No, no good. good, Kirkman. No good. Get get out of here. I, but the, my, the, the reason I still have a burning hatred for Mark Miller in my heart is that when I was a teen, Ben, and my favourite comic book was The Authority, uh, after Warren Ellis did his... I guess it was a year-long run, but it might have been more than a month between episode issues back then because it was a new and experimental thing. Fair. But uh, the he, uh, Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch were replaced on the authority, Ben, by no good. Mark Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. And, oh, Mark Miller basically, I think, and who am I to put words in his mouth, but it seemed to me that he had read The Authority and all of the little suggestions that uh, that Warren Ellis was making about their lives, he took that and dialed it up to 11. Yeah, he did crack. So they, they, yeah. they became incredibly cynical. Uh, they became bizarrely sexual. Yeah, what was and, that about? Yeah, they were all riding each other and having orgies and and they were so mean. They were so so mean, <laughs> which is the the number one sin on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they were so mean. The whole thing became so mean. They the in the first arc they fought a kind of Avengers analogy, and you know everyone was mean and horrible. He just made he used rape mean. as a character. There was a, there's trait, a lot of rape. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of rape in it as well. Um. Oh but, yeah, there's that weird. Oh man, it's all coming back. Oh no. Everyone was mean and horrible. They rape Apollo, I think. Yeah, somebody rapes Apollo. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gross. because they can. It's, it's yeah, weird. It's gross. It's a gross comic, and I did not like it. Yeah, only read the volume. Only read the the, the Ellis run. Don't don't read yeah. Miller stuff. Or the new Ellis stuff is pretty good too, as we said. Stormwatch. What's it called? Wildstorm. Wildstorm. The Wildstorm, isn't it? That's it, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The Wildstorm. I think that... The Wildstorm. I think that brings one of our... The Wildstorm, Ben. The Wildstorm. I think that brings one of our probably most negative episodes in a while to a close. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite enjoyed that, though, Michael. I think it was cathartic. I think we'll be back to our old optimistic selves in the future. Um, Thank you to everybody who contributed. Um... We really appreciate you giving us all those suggestions um, and they've clearly helped us with our podcast today. But we probably yes. haven't covered them all. Which ones did we yeah. miss, ladies and gentlemen? Have you made it to the end of the podcast? Um, get in touch with us and let us know what we've missed. There's a number of ways you can do that. You can find us probably quickest and easiest at showmrebeag.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means Tony Roman Irish. Yeah, you can engage us there without any kind of sign-up required. If you're on the gram, the Instagram... Yeah. Um, you can find us it's there. Like a, it's a social media thing. You can find us there at Shomer Bug, S E O M R A B E A G. It still means tiny room. Yeah, it doesn't change. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us in various places, could you do us a favor? Number one, do us a favor. If you're yeah. there on the L Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Give us a review. Give, give us, us a little review. review. If you're listening to us on the L Spotify, give us yeah. an L follow and share us in your share. Instagram story. Oh. Just or straight onto the Instagram story. Just, just straight in there. People can click a link and they can listen to us. And you can compare your notes. Who's better, Mick or Ben? 
You can say you can say Ben and just don't tell me because it'll hurt his feelings. Um, and then it would actually, yeah, I think if it would. You're, yeah, I think it would <laughs> most definitely. Um, uh, and then, ladies and gentlemen, I think if you're listening to us on YouTube, first of all, what bloody doing? Second doing? of all, hello, Clive. Second of all, hi, Nisha. Um, and uh, you can leave us now a comment and subscribe and let us know uh, how you're doing over there as well. Uh, that's it for most of this week, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't had enough of us, you can find our new issue of Collecting Issues where we'll be taking a look at Bloody Low. Uh, yeah, it's got delayed, Ben. It got delayed. We had a few technical issues here. Michael's had a headache all week. Um, <laughs> that's that's not a euphemism. Um, but yeah, that's it from us for this week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye, I'm a vampire. <laughs> For some reason, at the end of the podcast, I've become a vampire. Oh no, I'm glad I'm in a bloody digital tiny room. <laughs>